welcome. It's indisputable, I'm your host, Rashad Richie. Good to be with you, we have a lot on the agenda today. Breaking down news of the day with me, none other than Ray Bonner. Guaranteed to be a fascinating breakdown. Top story of the day, Biden, the President of the United States had a great opportunity to one up conservatives as they lied while calling him a liar. He did not take advantage of it. Not sure if it was him whoever wrote the damn speech for the State of the Union or just pure, you know, Democrats not knowing how to message something. All right. So let me remind you of the incident. Here it is. Some Republicans want Medicare and Social Security to sunset. I'm not saying it's a majority. give you a copy of the proposal. That means Congress doesn't vote. Well, I'm glad to see you. No, I tell you, I, I enjoy conversion. You know, it means if, if Congress doesn't keep the programs the way they are, they'd go away. Other Republicans say, I'm not saying it's a majority of you. I don't even think it's even a significant, but it's being proposed by individuals. I'm not politely not naming them, but it's being proposed by some of you. Politely not naming them, Mr. President, this is your opportunity to actually present an enemy. You see, I've talked about this many times before based on political strategy. Republicans are masterful at making sure there's at least one, maybe two enemies every election cycle. The difference is their enemies are fictional, they make them up. Oh my goodness, we have undocumented immigrants selling drugs and doing all kinds of other things. They will say for the sake of an election, they create an enemy. Well, Biden had an opportunity to clearly proclaim contrast between Republicans and Democrats as it relates to Medicare and Social Security. But he wanted to be polite. You know, he said, if anybody wants to see the proposal, they can contact my office. I did. I requested the proposal. They have not sent it to me yet. So maybe it's only available to other members of Congress. So I had another member of Congress request the proposal. That member of Congress does not have it yet. Is there a proposal? Yes, I believe Biden is telling the truth. Are Republicans antithetical to the notion of Medicare and Social Security. Yes, so when they hopped up and acted as if they had no idea what Biden was talking about, I'm going to provide proof they did. Let's first start with Senator Ron Johnson who called Social Security and Medicare Ponzi scheme, here it is. Yes, that's why what I've talked about for the first time around in 2010, I just laid out the reality of Social Security. It's a legal Ponzi scheme, it is, I mean, it's a pay-as-you-go system. Yep, yeah, they're uh, Republican. Uh, there's nothing attractive about a Ponzi scheme. That's how he characterized Social Security, Medicare. There's more. In that speech, Biden should have been prepared to say something like, I don't know, Congressman Michael Waltz said, and I quote, I agree with Jim Jordan. 
that we are going to carve out woke policies out of the military. But if we really want to talk about the debt and spending, it's the entitlement programs. Uh, he was talking about Social Security and Medicare. Don't believe me? There's more. NBC News, direct quote, says the Republican Study Committee, a large group of House conservatives, proposed a budget in June that would incrementally raise the retirement age to collect Social Security based on changing lifespans and lower benefits. There's more Washington Post, direct quote. House Republicans have started to weigh a series of legislative proposals targeting what? Social Security, Medicare, and other entitlement programs. Part of a broader campaign to slash federal spending that could force the new majority to grapple with some of the most difficult and delicate issues in American politics. HuffPost, direct quote. House Republicans are making clear that they intend to seek cuts to entitlement programs like Social Security and Medicare with their new majority in the 118th Congress. Or how about when Rick Scott, who had a plan to sunset, eliminate all federal legislation over five years under the risky assumption that worthy laws would be reenacted. That could mean an end to Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, everything else mentioned above and potentially more. Now, if you don't believe Republicans do stand against Social Security and Medicare, how about Donald Trump's budget proposal? Let's put it up. In all four years of Donald Trump's presidency, his budget proposal included massive cuts to both Social Security and Medicare. Uh, Trump's Fiscal year 2021 budget proposal called for a net cut of 480 billion from Medicare and 24 billion from social security program. How in the hell did President Biden not polarize every single Republican who acted as if they needed to clutch their pearls? Because Biden told the truth, now listen, I'm an equal opportunity, put my foot up the ass person. If Biden is wrong, I tell you he's wrong. Trump wrong, I tell you he's wrong. If they happen to be right, I would tell you they are right. What you saw was the messaging strategy of the Republican Party at play. There are people who saw that moment and truly believe that Republicans are the ones who are for Medicare, Social Security, and that Biden somehow was just either A, making it up, or B, talking about maybe one, possibly two Republicans and nothing more. Hell, the way Biden even contextualized it, it made it seem as if this was not even a really big deal among the Republican Party. It is such a big deal that every single year, their Republican president proposed a budget. He cut money from the program. My dear sister, what are your thoughts here? 
Yeah, Joe Biden says he was trying to be polite, but I think he was being pathetic because there's absolutely nothing to lose and everything to be gained for defending Social Security and fighting to strengthen it. There's a reason why we saw all those Republicans hooting and hollering, why we saw Marjorie Taylor Greene jumping around in her Yeti jacket when he called them out for it. It's, there's a reason why Social Security and Medicare are known as the third rail of American politics. They are the most popular federal programs in this country. So that's why Republicans were so offended that they might look like they are against Social Security when in reality they very much are against Social Security. And like let's look at the age demographics of the average median Republican voter and the ages of which people are receiving Social Security. I mean, Joe Biden could have taken that opportunity to try to steal some Republican voters who benefit from Social Security and bring them to the Democratic Party. And instead, I think he floundered. It was a really wasted opportunity. But that being said, Social Security is an instrumental social program we have here in the United States. For so many elderly people, it's the difference between you know having a place to live, being able to feed yourself and being in abject poverty in this country. It is one of the few few programs we have where we take care of our senior citizens. And those are the people who vote in our elections. Those are the people who are going to the polls. Those are the voters that he could have appealed to, but he just wasn't strong enough. And I, I genuinely do think it's not polite, it's pathetic. I concur. We have more information. You know the white officer who later was accused of also being a catalyst to the death of Tyree Nichols. We got more information about him and the violence that he did on that night that contributed to the death of Mr. Nichols. Let's put the picture up full mass here. Remember, they tried to hide him. That is Hemfield, a document filed by the Memphis PD. Request for Officer Hemfield to be decertified. This is normative by the Peace Officer Standards and Training Commission. It's called POST. That document has given us more information than the police chief of Memphis. That document reveals more of this former cop now and his involvement in the traffic stop and the litany of violations. But despite Henfield being fired for his conduct during that night, Hinfield has still not been charged criminally. Not been charged criminally, okay? He's been charged departmentally, which is an administrative function, but the DA has not charged him criminally. On January 7th, investigators say Officer Hinfield initially told them that Tyree Nichols was stopped for reckless driving at a high rate of speed. But then later told investigators he didn't actually see Nichols driving recklessly. All right, what is that? Mm, obstruction of justice and lying on an official document, as well as violation of oath. There you go, three charges right there. There's more. He then let loose, as you see in the video, after Nichols was hauled out of the car. Remember that scene? Audio from Officer Hemfield's body camera captured him yelling, "Get!" On the effing ground, finna tase your ass. That's him saying that. Okay, once again, not charged. As a matter of fact, we did not even know who he was in the beginning. 
they were hiding him. As reported previously, Penfield is also heard on body camera footage saying, I hope they stump his ass after Nichols fled. He also said Nichols began fighting with officers after he was stopped and tried to grab his partner's gun. Video evidence shows this did not happen. Investigators say Hemphill violated the department's truthfulness policy. Oh, that's what it is. So when a cop lies on an official document, it's just a violation of internal policy. It he told he didn't tell the truth. He violated the truthfulness policy. You see, when a civilian lies to a cop, that's called obstruction of justice. It is a crime. When a cop lies to a cop, they say, oh, it's just a violation of our truthfulness policy. You all have a truthfulness policy? Really? Can I read it? All right, there's more. Um, he also said Nichols was fighting the officers. None of that happened. Additionally, Hemphill used a taser. Now, I'm going to get to the violence here, okay? Why is he not charged? Officer Hemphill used a taser on Nichols as he was fleeing in oncoming traffic. And the documents show he failed to retrieve a part of the taser that was missing. Both actions are against MPD's compliance with regulations policy. Investigators say Nichols showed no sign of violence toward Officer Hemphill and say the former officer's behavior at the scene violated MPD's personal conduct policy. Well, when are they going to say it violated the law? Well, let me tell you what's happening here. Post-certification is the entity who basically empowers a cop to be a cop. It is your certification standard. Uh, without that, you cannot have arrest powers in a particular state. Now, here's what's interesting. They know Hemphill is dirty. They got to get rid of him. But for some reason, they're not willing to charge him criminally, which would have been the quicker route to get rid of him. The chief does not come out and tell us any of these details. The reason we know them is because in order to decertify this cat, they must present the basis for decertification. And in that presentation, these Facts, these elements must be spelled out properly or post can be subjected to lawsuit. So we are seeing the truth through an administrative division, not through the police department, nor through the DA's office. That is a problem. There's more. Documents also show Officer Hemfield did not collect the, uh, and tag a cell phone found in Nichols' car. The car and evidence were eventually towed to the city's impound lot. This violated MPD's inventory and processing recovered property policy. He also violated compliance with regulations policy by using personal handcuffs. Yeah, you heard me. The man, for whatever reason that day, decided to bring handcuffs that were not issued by the police department. There's more. Investigators say Hemphill had the chance to change his initial statement, but did not. He had a chance to change his initial statement. He also declined to give a statement at his hearing with MPD on the day he was terminated. Why is he not charged? 
Why is he not charged? The Memphis Police Association, however, did give a statement at Officer Hemfield's hearing and said they objected to having a hearing before the conclusion of the Tennessee Bureau of Investigations investigation. There you have it. Now, you and I can clearly see a difference of treatment. Ben Crump called it out quite early. Not only was he involved in the interaction, he was part of the violence that night. And then he was part of the cover up. Beyond being part of the cover up, they clearly described a scenario where he was allowed to change his statement. They literally put this in writing and said, hey, we actually gave him feel the opportunity to change his statement. And he did not. Why has he not been charged? All right, this is the thoughts here. Yeah, I mean, we can just look at the uh, the officers who were arrested and Hemp Hill, and yeah, there's a big difference there. All the officers arrested and charged are black officers. Hemp Hill was the only white officer who has yet to be charged. And you know, the department can say, oh, he violated our truth truthfulness, you know, policy within our department, but he also violated federal law and absolutely can be charged for that. And I mean, it, to some extent, he's the but for cause of the murder without That's his. Right. False, false statement of uh, reckless driving. The arrest wouldn't have happened in the first place. So, you could even bring him in if they don't think they can charge him under the same charges they're charging the other officers with. They could bring him in under felony murder for that. I mean, and because yep. he's sitting there chanting, "I hope they stomp your ass." That shows that it was foreseeable to him that this man might be murdered as a result yep. of his lie. So I think there's a lot of grounds under which they could charge this man. And the only reason I can see that they haven't is because he's white and they're trying to you know, cover up their asses for everything else. But I mean, it's also just, it's plain, plain as day what's going on here. This man is guilty as sin and he needs to be charged and held accountable and not just administratively, but criminally. That's right, well said. We will obviously continue to follow this story as it develops. Promise you developments are coming. Black ranchers, black ranchers in Colorado are being treated unfairly, harassed, and this, here it is. I'd like to say thank you world, you know, for, for sticking in there with me. The fight is, the fight is not over. I've been informed this morning by a fellow service member that the police were called on us five times this past weekend for doing work on our land and performing while black. That's not a crime. You know, Elijah McClain would still be alive to this day if it wasn't for somebody calling and saying that a black man is walking down the street. That's not a crime. None of that is a crime. Farming while on your own land is not a crime. The people, the people that were out here this past weekend didn't deserve to be tormented and harassed by Gearhart's goons. I guess I'm finna be facing charges. New charges are finna be coming down the pipeline on me for being on my own land. World, I'm asking that y'all come out in full force on 2-17-23 to the Denver Capitol. You know, and we state our claim that the Karen Act be passed and put into law that make it a crime, a hate crime, to weaponize the police against people of color. That is Mr. Mallory. 
Mr. Mallory was arrested for felony stalking, all right? He was arrested on Monday, February 6th. And the bond was set at $6,000. Let's go to the next video. Please make the call. Gerhardt's goons are at it again. Gerhardt's goons are at it again. Farming while black in America. There's Deputy Hancock there with El Paso County Sheriff's Department. That's the vehicle 8306. He has not provided any information as to whether there's anyone else in the vehicle at this time. State Patrol appears to be. Yes, sir. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. We're still live here, world. Yeah, yeah. We're still live. Flood the lines of the Sheriff's Department. Gerhard and his goons must be fired. He needs a lie detector test. Let your followers know how you're doing right now. I'm, I'm, I'm not well, but okay. this, this is part of it. Mm -hmm. This is part of the, the, the hate crimes and the false accusations that Officer Gearhart makes. That's right. And, 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 and just so happened one of his goons are here, Hancock. Hancock is one of his goons? He's part okay. of, he's, he's part of but, the But uh, is going to take care of you, correct? Okay. You'll be in your care the entire time. I'll be the only one only one yeah. you hear that america courtney wayne mallory better come out of this unharmed it's black history month and we still working put up courtney and nicole courtney and nicole mallory they spent their savings to buy a thousand acres of fertile Ranch land in eastern El Paso County in a predominantly white and predominantly conservative community. Despite leaving the city to start their agricultural career and enjoy success during the pandemic, they also help feed people. They're good folks. They got hearts. But some white neighbors haven't smiled on their fortune since they raised a Black Lives Matter flag over their property, along with a Marine flag and a Christian flag. They say locals have terrorized them, their fences and property vandalized, spray painting the N word. Their animals have been killed and mutilated. They say someone even poisoned their dog. We can't show all the photos of their maimed animals because they are too graphic, but we can show you these. Then a farmhand, Don Amaya, who stayed on the Mallory Ranch was murdered in May 2021. Courtney Mallory told the Ark Republic that he was shot in the back of the head in a chicken coop found with his pants down. Courtney Mallory also said he thought the killer likely mistook the worker for himself. Here is what Nicole Mallory told the Ark Republic about the killing on her property. A direct quote says, Don's murder was a clear message. It was gruesome, it was heinous the way he was murdered. The police haven't given us any information. 
Uh, let's put up the uh, reporter who broke this story, remarkable individual, Dr. Kai Niambi Shivers. Ms. Shivers is also an NYU professor and veteran journalist in the black press. She also founded the Ark Republic, direct quote. After I put the articles out, Mr. Mallory said they weren't sleeping. And Nicole Mallory said at that point, there was this slow procession of random white people slowly rolling by their property, which as a black person, or if you know African American history, that's one of the strategies of intimidation that is used to say, I'm watching you. Here is a photo of one of those white neighbors according to the report trying to intimidate Mallory's. Since criticizing the sheriff's uh, or the sheriff's department for inaction on the killing of Amaya, the Mallory's say they have also been harassed by a sheriff's deputy or deputies led by deputy Emery Ray Gerhardt. They said Courtney Mallory's arrest on Monday as part of the sheriff's deputies harassment campaign. Let's put the picture up of the El Paso County Sheriff Joseph Royball. His office issued this statement in response to the publicity around the case. Put that statement up. It reads in part, within the last two years and through the end of January 2023, the El Paso County Sheriff's has investigated 19 different complaints filed by and or involving the individuals identified in the article against members of the Sheriff's Office. Each of these complaints were individually and thoroughly investigated. The El Paso County Sheriff's Office has also responded to over 170 calls for service that involved the individuals identified in the article. The El Paso County Sheriff's Office will provide the public with the legally uh, releasable documents and records related to these complaints. The El Paso County Sheriff's Office believes that this information will prove that it and its employees acted in an appropriate and professional manner and all their interactions with the individuals who are the subject of the article. Indisputable has requested the records. Uh, the sheriff says he will release. We will bring you that update as soon as we get it, all right? A GoFundMe, let's put it up. GoFundMe to finance a tighter security system around the Mallory's property is called Deputy Leading Assault to Steal Black Farmland. If you Feel the unction, make sure you support that GoFundMe. The Mallory's also encourage supporters to join a protest at the Colorado Capitol in Denver on the 17th of February to make racially motivated police calls a crime in support of a measure called the Karen Act. Now remember what's happening, people are simply in the community calling the police to get them out of the community, okay? Legislation would help, but the irony is it is already against the law to misuse 911. If they don't want to enforce it in the current state of the statute, they won't enforce it when they pass the Karen law. They also wanna let people know if you're interested in buying any of their meat products, you can email them at freedomacres1 at gmail.com, freedomacres1 at gmail.
www.thebrandingcoach.com. Okay, so long story, a lot of twists and turns. Bottom line is Jim Crow, yes, on steroids perhaps. Remember, a man is murdered. According to the uh, victims of all of this assault and attack and uh, surveillance, that murder may have been meant for the actual black male who continues to be harassed. All right, this is this is such a it's, horrible reality in America. But what are your thoughts? I mean, it's truly heartbreaking and outrageous. And I'll just say, I think it's just more evidence that the American dream does not exist for black people in America because these institutions, like the institution of policing, and these racist communities, will not allow for it to happen. What we have here is the Mallory family who saved up for their dream to own this farmland. You know, to 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 have this life that they've envisioned for themselves and the community the predominantly white racist community the the racist institution of policing in Colorado Springs in that county is not allowing that to happen and i mean there's not a single document i think that that police department could release to show that their officers are just doing their jobs when a murder happened a man was murdered on this property and have they found the killer no, no, what they're doing is they're wasting their time arresting Courtney Mallory on just BS charges and continuing the harassment against this family. It's absolutely disgusting. Now, I hope the viewers are able to support with the GoFundMe or if they're in Colorado, they're able to get to the Capitol to support the protest that the family you know, is supporting. But I mean, at the end of the day, what we're seeing here is just that you know, white Americans and black Americans are living in two very different realities that's supported by, you know, institutions, but also by individuals, because this is a racist community coming together to harass this family and, you know, try to ruin their lives. It's horrifying, it's racist, and it's just downright disgusting. You know, we're not the court of law, but we are the court of public opinion. We can be effective by shining light at darkness. Dr. King taught us that. This light will continue to shine. Transparency has a way of eliminating darkness, right? Uh, to the ranchers, we're with you. Continue the good fight. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We have a lot of show left. Uh, let me do this. I want to read a couple of comments. Kind of press for time, cannot read them all. But we'll read as many as I can. Okay. Uh, uh, don't forget the, uh, don't forget J.R. Jackson, a new time, a new time happening now. And I'm pulling up my comments. Give me a second. I apologize for the delay. All right, J.R. Jackson. All right, that's happening, 530. Make sure you tune in. You can always subscribe on the YouTube page, the watch list. 5:30. I'm excuse me, 5 p.m. Eastern time, 2 p.m. Pacific time. YouTube.com forward slash watch list TYT is how you subscribe. Make sure you do that. All right. Uh, Tyler Hackner, thank you for that. Uh, he did name the names the next day, though. I know. I know he did. Who cares? Right? The moment was the moment. The eyes were the eyes. The eyes were there at that time, is my point. All right? But yeah, he did name them the next day. 
Uh, Aurora Transparency, Colorado police are all out of control. Denver threw me into the into a wall 10 days ago for filming the police. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that. If you have video, some um, commentary about it, or even if you filed a report, make sure you contact us at Indisputable at TYT. We wanna highlight your story, okay? All right, got something for you. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen Wood. You wanna call the police on them for having a barbecue on a In Sunday? You're gonna feel free, back off! I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Didn't think. Didn't think this would happen to me. Yeah. Didn't think. Yeah. Go ahead. I already did. Good. Good. This lady's crazy, y'all. I'm at my house. I'm at my house. Huh? No problem. <laughs> no problem. This lady's in my way at my house saying I don't live here. This woman is saying I don't live here. <laughs> this is my house. You crazy lady. Another white lady pulling some old bull crap. You know what? Why did you say you don't live here? Why did I live here? I don't have to wait for my son to come outside. I don't have to do anything you say, lady. Why do you, why do you don't think he lives here? Good. She already called the police. Another one of those ladies on TV, on the internet. Now come back. I actually have more video. Let me explain the irony of what's happening. And this is what makes her a Karen. It's not the mistake by itself. It's not. It's when she realized a mistake had been made. The person does actually live there. There is proof positive of his residency. She doesn't say, I am so sorry. That is completely my fault. I really believed what I said and I'm sorry, I was wrong. No, she gets upset that the man is actually not a threat. She gets upset that he's not selling drugs or criminal. She gets mad at this. She wants him to be a criminal. And when he is not, she still says, hey, I called the police already and walks away as if somehow he has still done something by proving he is a resident that he has done something worthy of a criminal response. That is calling a gun, calling a gun to a person or for a person who simply is existing, living. You see, this is once again, a derivative of the, hey, I wanna see your freedom papers. I, I want you to prove to me you have the uh, right to be free to exist. There's more video, here it is. Why are you running? Me, why are you talking like that? There's children out here, what's wrong with you? I was sitting there minding my business waiting on a truck to come out and she says I don't live here. I don't have to do that, I, I, I don't have to. <sighs> Did you hear that? I'm a drug dealer, wow. Amazing.
You see this stuff on the internet all the time, but you never think it's going to happen to you at your own house. But there it is. There it is. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> she, wants, wow. like she wanted to block the door and everything, man. <laughs> Wow. Oh, my God. Very sad. Let's put up the picture of the Karen today. We don't have many details about who this person is, uh, but I will say this. Madam, I hope you learned a significant lesson. You're too damn old to act this way. This is the reason you are not viral. You're viral because of your own inability to embrace humanity as humanity presents. The one, the one constant in nature, the one constant is variation. All of us are different. Everything nature produces is different. Instead of enjoying the beauty of our differences, you rather engage in actions to show you are intolerable to nature itself. All right, Ravana, thoughts here. I think there's something really insidious about her smirk as she walks away and says, I already called the police because she knows what that means. That's and she right. knows that it doesn't matter that he lives there at that point because the police won't, you know, in, in a lot of instances, it won't matter to them. And it doesn't mean that they won't shoot a black man in America, you know, for sitting in his own car or being in his own house. That doesn't change the fact that she called a gun to that situation and she knows that she was wrong, but she's still a little bit snotty about it at the end because she knows that she's already done the damage and that you know it still might go the way that she intended it to go mm. when she called the police in the first place mm -hmm. which is just horrifyingly disgusting it's also really sad to hear him say you know you see this stuff happen on the internet but you never think it's going to happen to you because it's such a reality in America now that Karen's will call the police on black men and black women, black children who are just minding their own business. And they'll call a gun into the situation to escalate it. And in some cases, make it become deadly. Yep. All right. Anti Karen's unite. Here's another Karen insulting my daughter. Coming out here, my daughter's been coming here watering plants for three weeks while they're out of town. You don't know them. You insulted my child. We live in a neighborhood. Karen, welcome to the internet, Karen. You got little girls crying. Welcome to the internet, Karen. The new Karen. Welcome to the neighborhood, Karen. I've lived here. You don't need a name. You need to get away. You need to go somewhere. If you don't know, you need to go somewhere, Karen. Out here making little girls cry for watering plants at a friend of ours' house, and you're the new Karen. You need to go somewhere, Karen. Welcome to the internet, Karen. 
Welcome to the internet, making little girls cry for watering flowers. The new Karen, welcome. First of all, how do you, how were you insulting these kids? Obviously, you must have stepped on the property. I don't know what's going on with her, but she seems drunk, and she's still standing here on my property. Yeah. Got the girls crying. Have all these little girls crying? Welcome to the neighborhood, Karen. Something just don't smell right with me. Well, you don't smell right. You don't smell right, Karen. You don't smell right, Karen. You you don't smell right, Karen. You can't handle your control right now. Okay, Karen. See you later, Karen. Please do stay here. Right here. Go handle the kids. They live here. You're too busy at phones. They're watering the plants like they're supposed to, Karen. This is actually a throwback, Karen. I highlight it because one, sometimes you simply have to be the anti-Karen who shames the Karen into retreat. And two, we recently had a story. It was actually an exclusive indisputable report of a black pastor in Alabama who watered his neighbor's plants at the request of his neighbors who were out of town. He's watering the plants, a neighbor calls the police, police come, neighbor comes out and says, "Oh my goodness, I made a mistake. No, 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 I know him, that's the reverend, uh, he's a neighbor. Police say, well, he's misbehaving, we're gonna still arrest him. So you have a scenario of children watering a neighbor's plant and the Karen harasses them. And then you have a black pastor in Alabama watering his neighbor's plants. A Karen calls the police and the police, they decide to do the rest. Thoughts, Ravana. Yeah, I mean, these Karens really love to use dehumanizing language, you know, particularly about black people, black men. But I mean, for the love of God, it's these white women out here who are acting like animals. Because even in her worst case scenario of what the situation was, a child is watering someone's flowers. I mean, what's the harm that's right. being done there for the love of God? Even in her version of events in her mind, there is absolutely zero harm. And she just took it upon herself to go harass these children to tears. And it's despicable. And then the audacity of her, the audacity of her to stay there and talk back to the anti Karen and be snarky and rude and say, I can stand wherever I want, knowing that she just caused these, these little girls to, to cry and, and to be sad. And she doesn't seem to care about it at all, just completely devoid of empathy, compassion. Just this inability to see humanity and other people. It's just truly disgusting. People need to, it's, it's, uh, shut the F up Friday, but I mean, these Karens, it should be every day for them. Mind, mind your business every day. You need to just stay in your lane and shut up <laughs> because so many times they're way off base when it comes to their accusations. And then they're just standing there looking dumb. You can avoid all of this if you just shut up and mind your business. Yeah, and it actually would be better if you either A, apologize when you realize you're wrong, or B, not argue back and forth. But listen, it does make for a better Karen video, so I'm good with it, all right? We got more on the other side. 
is indisputable stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We have a lot of show left. Let me read a few of these comments. Old Jam says they really think they can just call the cops on us whenever we're somewhere we don't belong. Um, as if we exclusively have to exist in the gutters. Black on a ranch, question mark, suspicious. Black in the ghetto, question mark, suspicious. Yep. Uh, Tyler Hackner, thank you, Tyler. Uh, so tired of these noisy, entitled Karens, hate it. Yeah, it's reality we all have to face. That's why we do the work we do here. Hopefully changing the narrative, all right? Okay, cops shot 30 times. 30 times in one vehicle, the man posed no threat to anyone, he is alive. Here's the video. He's got a gun right on his lap. He's got a gun right on his lap. Do you want me to go to try to open this door and grab it? It's locked. Right, let's go ahead and wake him up. I'm Get on the ground! 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 Get on the ground, baby. Holy crap! Where are you hit, man? Guys, hold on. I, you guys gotta get me up. Right. Hey, give my medicate. I'm so hey, sorry, it's okay. Because I didn't want to wake you guys up. Oh. Yeah, hey, you guys got to give me out He posed no threat. He was at his grandmother's house. He was waiting in the car because he didn't want to wake them up. It was late. Grandmother may have been asleep. The grandmother's torn up because she's the one that called the police, thinking police come to help. She was unsure, but even in her call, she she indicated it, it could be, it could be my family. Put up the picture full mass here. The police are destroying families in more ways than one. Imagine how the grandmother feels. 24 year old. Anthony Macklin was shot by the Indianapolis Metropolitan Police. They shot at him at least 30 times after they responded to a 911 call made by his grandmother. Her name is Vicki Driver. This actually happened December 31st, 2022. This was around 4 a.m. She saw a vehicle idling in a driveway startled her, so she called the police. According to a recently filed lawsuit, Macklin was fired upon and hit three times because of a gun on his lap. Not a gun in his hand, 
not a threat to officers, not even an attempt to grab the gun. The gun was just simply in his lap. But his attorneys say the body cam footage never shows the gun in Mr. Macklin's hand. Macklin was in the hospital for 17 days, underwent six surgeries for wounds to his thighs and back. He'll be out of work for a minimum of three months. It could be more. Let me give you details of the incident. Mr. Macklin was visiting from Ohio, according to his attorneys, and had rented a car that police said had Florida plates. His car was being repaired in Indianapolis. Anthony planned to surprise his grandmother the next morning and take her out for breakfast before picking up his car at the dealership. The claim states. While making the call for help, the driver also allegedly informed the dispatcher that she didn't know if it's one of her kids or not, providing very important information that should have been part of the record to the officer. An officer ran the plate and verified the driver. She did not have family from Florida. The release says officers intended to open the door and quickly grab the firearm, but the doors were locked. All right, doors are locked. Let's just go ahead and shoot them. We had a plan, but the doors were locked. So we had no choice but to just all shoot him. They shot in that damn vehicle over 30 times, multiple officers. The man is alive, could be dead, obviously. Naturally, they wanted him dead. Who shoots like that unless they want you dead? There's more. It's unclear based on the edited footage how long officers actually probed the situation. But I will remind you of the white woman who was inside of a hospital, uh, shot her husband, uh, shot at the ceiling, and the police arrived and they said, what did the cops say? We have all day, please stand back everybody. We have all day, ma'am, tell us what's going on. How can we help you? She already killed somebody. The hospital staff, they're already gone because she's shooting up the hospital and she was apprehended. She was apprehended. The officer told the other officer, stand down. One cop said, I got it, I got a shot. He said, stand down, we have all day. That kind of courtesy is not extended to black men. The department said Mr. Macklin had moved his arm. Uh Uh-oh, black man moving his arm. Moved his arm toward the officers before they opened fire. But noted, it wasn't clear if the gun was in his hand and that there was no indication that he fired any rounds. You see, right there is a chargeable offense for the officers. Why? Because in order for them to justify shooting, they must believe their life is in imminent danger. Not possibly. The officers had no justification whatsoever to use force on Anthony. Macklin's attorney wrote in a tort claim sent to the city on Monday. Anthony never picked up his handgun. He never pointed it at officers. He never threatened the officers. He was not breaking any laws. Mr. Macklin also had his license to carry issued right there, July 2016. The state of Indiana also now no longer requires a license to carry a handgun, but he got one. Additionally, Mr. Macklin's lawyer raised authenticity questions surrounding the released body cam footage from police. They claim police only told Mr. Macklin, raise your hands 
just as officers began to shoot at him. However, in the release body cam, officers yelled, police, hands up. Simultaneously, for roughly seven seconds before opening fire, officers Lucas Riley, Alexander Gregory, and Carl Chandler have now been placed on administrative leave while being investigated. The family says they want the officers involved to be fired and to face criminal charges. I am echoing the sentiment of that family. Ravana, thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, thanks to the tireless efforts of healthcare workers and the grace of God, he is alive despite the best efforts by the police to murder him that night. Because what can you call that other than an attempted execution? And where are all of the Second Amendment advocates on this story? Where are all the people who are fighting for the right to have legal firearms when it comes to this story? Because that's what this story is. He had a, a legal firearm, he had his license to carry it, which is more than he needed in that state. And the police use that as a justification to open fire on him. I mean, those the people who claim that they care so much about these issues seem to conveniently not care about them anymore when it's a black man exercising his second amendment right. It's disgusting and this man deserves justice. And I mean, just the moments when the grandmother recognizes it's the grandson, she's trying to tell the police and they're still screaming at him. They're still handcuffing him when it's clear he needs medical attention. They really tried to kill this man. And there needs yeah. to be justice. Yeah, we will follow this story. Um, I assume it will absolutely have some more twists and turns looking for the investigative conclusion from the police department. Fox News, you know, that guy, Jesse Waters, well, he has a problem with black people and reparations. Here's what he said. Well, Greg said that they're, what are they preparing them for? They're preparing them to beg for reparations when they're older. This is laying the groundwork. The CRT cartoons on Disney Plus is laying the groundwork for a younger generation of black Americans to demand reparations when they're old enough to do so. Yes, black labor in the South contributed to an enormous amount of wealth for these plantation owners. Black slavery built Southern railroads, ports, But not a lot of white people owned slaves in the South, and it was abolished in the North in like 1804. It was never even in the West. So yes, they contributed to building parts of America, but so did the Irish, the English, the Scotch, the Welsh, the Germans, everybody built America. And when you say who built something, well, who designed it? Who was the architect who financed it? Labor's just a part of it. So if we're going to have a conversation about reparations, which I'm open to since I'm 1% black. Yeah, that's true. And I might get a check. Jesse, uh, you have Jesse. to talk about it accurately. <laughs> Jesse, given your massive ignorance, I must conclude that the only person who has received benefit in life because of the color of his skin is you. Now, since you are unaware of the reality of what reparations is and how it works and the contribution of dynamic black folk in America. I'm going to break it down for you, dear brother. Uh, and naturally, you can always come to the bullpen and proclaim your point of view, invitation stands. Let's be very clear, reparations is simply repair. That's what it is, reparations is repair. In order for something to be repaired, there must be an acknowledgement that is broken. Do we all agree 
that America engaged in the protection of a broken system known as slavery. Yes, nobody disagrees with that. Do we all agree that slavery contributed to the massive wealth generation of white folk while at the same time denying that generational wealth for the black workers, the enslaved men and women. Yes, we agree to that. And reparations is something that the American government is actually okay with. I will provide the basis. Uh, First of all, you don't think it's ironic, Jesse, that slave masters, plantation owners receive reparations? April 16, 1862. President Abraham Lincoln signed a bill emancipating enslaved people in Washington, the end of the long struggle. But to ease the pain of the white male corrupt slave owner, the District of Columbia Emancipation Act paid those loyal to the union up to $300 for every enslaved person they freed. That's right, slave owners got reparations. Enslaved African-Americans got nothing for their generational, for their generations of stolen bodies, snatched children and and, um, expropriated labor other than their mere release from the legal bondage. After World War II, let me remind you of this, reparations again. Congress created the Indian Claims Commission. What was that for? To pay compensation to any federally recognized tribe or land that had been seized by the United States. The results were disappointing for Native Americans. The commission paid out about 1.3 billion, the equivalent of less than $1,000 for each Native American in the United States at the time the commission dissolved in 1978. So America is actually okay with reparations even when they do it wrong. They have done it. What about for the Japanese? The Japanese American Evacuation Claims Act, July 2nd, 1948, provided compensation to Japanese American citizens removed from the West Coast during World War II for losses of real and personal property. Approximately 26,550 claims, totaling $142,000 were filed. The program was administered by the Justice Department, which set a $100 million limit on the claims. Over 36,974,240 was awarded. Once again, a reparations methodology, a reparations implementation. One of the claims is that oh, slavery was just in this you know, small part of southern states and not really a big deal. Let's go to California. You see, slavery was everywhere, Jesse. By 1860, there were more millionaires, slaveholders all living in the lower Mississippi Valley than anywhere else in the United States. In the same year, The nearly 4 million American slaves were worth some $3.5 billion, making them the most, the largest single 
financial asset in the United States economy, worth more than all of manufacturing and railroads combined. That's just the tip of the iceberg. Let's go to a guy named Joe Moore. Joe Moore contradicts the narrative through his discoveries about slavery just being in an isolated part of America. There's one problem with the sunny vision of the past, it's simply it's not true. Though it was admitted to the Union as a free state, slavery still existed in the 1850s, even in places like California. And Moore is leading a project to shed light on its contradictory history. His proof is in print, ladies and gentlemen, in an 1852 ad announcing the public auction of a black man valued at $300. Newspaper accounts of fugitive slaves who were arrested and county records certifying slaves bought their freedom from their owners, all in California. Moore and a team of researchers have uncovered these and other often overlooked pieces of California's past after months of digging through the archives of museums, historical societies, and libraries across the state. Jesse, America is not against reparations. You're not against reparations. You're just against reparations for black folk, but it's coming. And listen, we're decent. We're gonna give you your fair share. You will get your 1%. All right, thoughts dear sister. Yeah, I mean, I think Jesse Waters is really, you know, making a hard play to be the most ignorant person at Fox News, and that's difficult considering how stiff the competition is over there. But you know, you mentioned, you know, so much of the history of America that slavery was not just contained in these small bubbles in the South. And I think, you know, something that's really indicative of that is things like the Fugitive Slave Act, which show that all the states played a role in returning slaves who escaped their slavery back to their slave owners. That wasn't just happening in the South. That was requiring all the states, even places where slavery was outlawed to participate in the institution of slavery. And there's something so insidious about his language of just black labor without including the word forced labor, slave labor. And then him trying to include Irish people, which I'm assuming was his attempt to bring in indentured servitude. And I'll just say this as someone who has Irish heritage to all my fellow Irish Americans, shut up. Indentured servitude was nowhere near the evil that was chattel slavery in this country. To try to pretend that they're even remotely comparable is disingenuous at best and downright disgusting at worst because they were not. You know, it's not like people who were chattel slaves, black people in America could buy their freedom, which is something that indentured servants could do. Their children were not born into servitude, which was the case for chattel slaves. And the institution of indentured slavery, ended significantly earlier than did the institution of chattel slavery. So to try to make that comparison, Jesse Waters, you're disgusting. A reporter gets arrested, all right? Gets arrested for reporting. The governor, a Republican says that was wrong. The police say it was right. Let me take you to the video, here it is. Just stunning video, our News Nation correspondent Evan Lambert being arrested in Ohio while reporting at a news conference. Yes, uh, he was there when he was asked to stop uh, reporting uh, during the time where uh, the governor was speaking. Uh, Then law enforcement came up to him, you can see him speaking to them. Uh, It looks like the situation was becoming more tense. And then he was taken outside of the gymnasium where that news conference was being held and uh, taken to jail. 
the police are out of damn control. Put up the picture for a mask here. Let me give you a little bit of background to this insanity that you just witnessed. Lambert was in the East Palestine city covering the derailment of a train that forced the evacuation of over 5,000 residents. People need to know what the hell is going on, okay? You had toxic chemicals, you had a lot of moving pieces. Lambert has been released from custody and has been charged with criminal trespass and disorderly conduct. Let's put up the governor, all right? Ohio governor, Mike DeWine, who's a Republican by the way, said at a press conference, he condemned the arrest. He said, no, 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 this is not what I wanted. I didn't sign off on this. He called it wrong and insisted that he was sorry that it happened and that Lambert had every right to cover what he was covering. He also said, I'm certainly very, very sorry that happened. I don't have all the facts, but he or she or whoever was arrested had every right to be there. The governor, the Republican governor said. So after the governor says that was wrong, Who then contradicts the governor? The damn police. Police are out of control. Put his picture up. J.C. Brown III, the chief of police, claimed that the live reporting of Mr. Lambert was just too loud. And two troopers went back and advised him to stop the live coverage in an effort to ensure that all members of the media were getting the necessary safety information. Lambert was told that he needed to leave the gymnasium because at that point in time, the situation involved into a physical confrontation and required law enforcement intervention. Literally, the police are the only ones that caused a disruption. Why don't you lock your own asses up? Everyone there agreed there was no disruption until you got involved. The governor says something. And the chief of police comes out against the governor to justify an arrest that even the Republican governor knew was wrong. They are out of control. Rayvon, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, right, right-wingers want you to believe that the biggest threat to your First Amendment rights is, is woke things on TV or cancel culture. But in reality, the biggest threat to your First Amendment rights uh, are the police. In this case, we saw the police, uh, you know, Punish this reporter for doing his job, and then they'll double down, they'll triple down, they'll quadruple down on their bad behavior before they would ever, ever admit to doing something wrong, even when the governor is not on their side. It doesn't matter. They'll continue to defend themselves and their heinous actions. And I'm glad that we're covering the story because the freedom of the press is really important. And this is, you know, it, it is in effect going to intimidate these reporters from covering the news when they're afraid that the police are going to become, as you so well put it, out of control and try to prevent them from doing so. Yeah, well said. Democracy requires a free press. My dear sister, tell people I think follow you, check out your great work. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody can see my videos for Rebel HQ on YouTube and Facebook every weekday. And you can get updates on that on my Twitter at Ravana TTV. Thanks so much for having me on. Always a pleasure. All right. The bullpit is next. Stick and stay. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. Yeah, I told y'all I was gonna bring her on the program. Okay, so this person, 
She mimics me. I think all of her mimicry could use a little bit of critique. So I have brought her to the bullpen as promised. This is Charmaine, Empress of Trades, who is a TikTok influencer, otherwise known as Empress of Trades on TikTok, is a gifted impressionist and video content creator, along with being a loving wife and mother. She is a proud representative of Sigma Gamma Rho sorority and is active in giving back to our community. Uh, so first of all, you're gonna have to tell me why. <laughs> so where did the idea come from to impersonate me on TikTok and uh, be hella funny at it? I thought it was uh, great execution, honestly. Well, my husband watches you a lot. Okay. And one day he was watching your videos and I asked, when did his mustache change? <laughs> and he said, for a while now. So then recently I've been in tea talk. Yes. Yeah. Uh, influencers give tea. And somehow your mustache came into my mind as I was watching tea talk. And then the idea came to fruition. You know what's so interesting? I actually noticed, a lot of people didn't notice this. Every like scene, that you portrayed me in, my mustache was different. Now I don't change my mustache during the show now, damn. Uh, but I noticed that small variation, okay? I thought that was genius. Let me remind people of your impersonation. Here it is. On the story from the Jolly Good Ginger. That's probably how I would say it if um, I had the Jolly Good Ginger uh, as a source. All right. Uh, where did this come from? Your uh, ability to impersonate and your willingness to make other people smile and feel good through this particular art? Well, I would have to say that comes from my mother. She was a very kind and gentle soul, and I enjoyed making her laugh, especially with being the youngest. I was always known for being silly, as to say. <laughs> and it brings great joy to me to bring joy to others. There it is. There it is. All right. How long have you been doing this? TikTok since COVID started, trying to make others smile almost my whole life. Okay. Tell us about your family, all right? So we know that your husband is a fan of the program. Uh, you were at least halfway interested in my mustache. That's how you got involved. So tell us about your family. Well, my husband, he is a member of Kappa Alpha Psi fraternity, mm -hmm. an advisor on campus and gives back to the community as well. Nice. Um, we both work at the same facility. And my son, he will be five in June. He has a very interesting imagination, just like myself. Okay, all right. Um, and when you say interesting imagination, tell us a little bit about that. Unpack that for me. Um, for example, every day he's in a different animal. Mostly he likes oh. dinosaurs. So if you don't address him as whatever animal he is, he would not respond. 
<laughs> I think that's a great imagination. You know, strong imagination is an indication of intellect. You know that early age, strong indication of intellect. All right, uh, so here's what I want you to do, Charmaine. I want you to let people know how they can follow you, check out your work on TikTok, enjoy all of your permeations of impersonations. You can follow me on TikTok as Empress of Trades, on Instagram and on Snapchat as A-N-K underscore VIP. All right, and I will say this, uh, you all right, sometimes um, I will give the tea. You're absolutely correct. Uh, if there's a story that is worth highlighting, and sometimes it's a little tea involved, I don't mind breaking the tea too. So I'm glad you picked up on that as well. Uh, Thank you for being a good sport. Thank you for being supportive. And really, it's an honor and very flattering. And I appreciate what you do. And you're very funny, very talented. Thank you. Thank you. All right. There it is. Okay. That was uh that was dope. I I wasn't offended at all. I, you know, good sport. All right. I don't talk quite the way she said I talked though. Okay. All right. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, remember. Take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember the truth is always indisputable. Welcome to Indisputable. I'm your host, Dr. Rashad Richard. We got a lot happening today. But what do we do on this show? We tell the truth. You know why we tell the truth? Because the truth is simply indisputable. Rashad, great to be here. Congratulations on the new show. And I gotta let everybody know that Rashad and I go way back. Here's the pattern that we see in all of these Karen stories. They think they own stuff they do not own. Now, where does that come from? I don't know, maybe slavery. Maybe they think they should still own black people. This is what happens when Karens weaponize the police. When you're used to privilege, equality seems like oppression. It hits you in a certain way when someone is holding you against your will, treating you like you're a criminal and you're an innocent person. This is something that black people face no matter where they are. A stronger black economy lends itself to a stronger, greater economy. Don't think it's exclusive of you, it's inclusive of you. What's your beef with critical race theory? It adds more fuel to the fire of the racist tendencies that we already have. We have a generation of problem solvers that can remedy the problem if they are properly taught what the problem is. You know who created redlining in this country? Mm -hmm. The white liberal. I, I, don't, I don't give a damn who created it. If it's well, a racist I, 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 policy, I, I, racist I, policy. Shelly, here's what I don't to. know. I don't know. See, there you go filibustering, brother. You're scared of this truth, but you're gonna get it though.